to Going Mutts with the Little Black Dog Rescue Group. Join hosts Sarah and Erin each week as we dive into all things rescue, dogs, and the dog parent life. The Little Black Dog Rescue Group is a DC area-based, all-volunteer, all-foster-based dog rescue. Our goal is to help any abandoned, mistreated, or abused dog find the best possible home in the DC area regardless of breed, color, or size. We strive to achieve this goal with compassion, transparency, and a strong sense of responsibility to our dogs, applicants, volunteers, foster families, and supporters. Read more about what we do at www.thelittleblackdog.org. Welcome back to Going Mutts. Hi, Erin. Hi, Sarah. How are you, darling? I'm doing just great. How are you? Good. I don't believe you, but that's, <laughs> I'm glad you're <laughs> Just I, technical doing, issues, well, as always. Yeah. You're stressful. I get it. Uh, it's been a busy... What day is it? What day is it? Tuesday. Tuesday? Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It's been a busy week so far. <laughs> Tuesday included. Yeah. Exactly. I. I have a Vita pup date. Uh, we officially have puppies. Yay! Yay! I'm going to hold them up. because Yes, she did a great job with her labor. She's a natural. And she clicked all the way into mom mode immediately. I think it's like a funny thing that dogs do. Oh, I'm talking to Loki says, that's enough. Can you I give know. us a meta update? Yes, so... Uh, yesterday, from the day of this recording, yesterday, Feta went to her forever home. So, and by the time this Aww. episode airs, I think all of her siblings will have been adopted. So, yay for the cheese yay. pups. I I do miss Feta a little bit, but um, her adopters were amazing. They were so sweet. Like, they definitely have, like, a great understanding of her energy needs and her training needs. So, very happy she found a great home. But, just a plug, her mama, Brie, is still available for adoption. Mm -hmm. So, please check her out. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. So, now that all of her puppies have, you know, found their way, left the nest... It's uh, mm -hmm. it's Mama Bree's turn, so check her out. Uh, all right, if you wanna you wanna talk about our catty corners and black heart moments, I had a hard time with our catty corner, my own catty corner, this time, but I don't think it's because I lack things to point out. <laughs> well, on that note, what is your catty corner for this week? I so I don't know that I have this dated properly just yet, but it's as close as I've been able to come so far. It's navigating the lines of professionalism in an all-volunteer-based organization. It is, and this is like a personal struggle, I think, because it, our volunteer base does a really good job of it. But there are moments where like, the, the dynamics are just a little bit harder, the interactions are a little bit more complicated. I think that because rescue work is high emotion, a lot of like crisis management, it tends, it is very easy to get overwhelmed by some of the dynamics and overanalyze, for me, overanalyze my own interactions with people, which I don't think is a bad thing unless I'm, unless my tone is wrong, but there are times that it's just very difficult. It's, there are times that it's really, really difficult because I think the other part of it is 
being able to to talk to someone seriously about a, a thing that's come up and feel like I'm not necessarily sacrificing the mission of the rescue or my own morals or I am, but like which one's more important to me at the end of the day. I I don't know. It's just, it's been a very thoughtful few days. And I think, honestly, I feel like sick dogs and mom dogs do this a lot. They they stir up these kind of emotional yeah. situations. Um, on the other side of that, my black heart moment is, I mean, it is, I, I found it entirely easier to navigate these discussions with volunteers than... I mean, I have a job where I manage people and it's so much easier to talk to volunteers about some of the, like when something needs to be discussed, having that conversation with them. Uh, I don't, yeah, it's one of those things that I just, it's been running through my head all week Yeah, because things started bubbling up last week and it's, it's just been a hard time. That part's been hard, but it's like, we're on track to manage it. It's just figuring out how to do that, what's appropriate, what is fair. I I think a lot about what is fair. And like at the end of the day, fairness doesn't matter that much. (laughs) The world's unfair. I just don't like contributing to it. (laughs) That's all. Yeah, no. Now that I got us off on a, like a bummer of a catty corner black (laughs) (laughs) What's yours? Well, I'm not sure my catty corner will make any of us feel too much better. But um, in case y'all haven't been following us on social media, we got um, a new dog. We brought a new dog up from Texas from our partners at Yaki, who are amazing. Um, They reached out to their community with an emergency need to rescue a dog. Um, I think we talked about it on our first episode. Um, We rescue dogs from Texas because um, well, we rescue a lot of our dogs from Texas because they just have like a very different culture around dogs. They have like the highest rate of animal, what is it? Abuse, abandon. I mean, it's just, it can be like a very tough world for dogs down there, um, in parts of Texas. So, um, my catty corner is that this beautiful, sweet girl, Callie, um, was actually, um, she wandered onto a work site and the owner of the work site um, basically was like, I'm just going to shoot this dog. And thankfully, there was a worker who worked there who managed to convince the worker, you know, this this person is amazing for doing this, uh, managed to convince the boss not to shoot the dog as long as he was working on the work site. So we had kind of a timeline oh. for getting this dog out of there um, yeah. or else she had an execution date. Um, so I, I really just can't believe there are people out there where that's like their first reaction to seeing a stray dog. Um, but my black heart moment is that we have amazing partners in Texas who we could not do the work we do without them, who flagged this dog, who worked with us to get her up here, um, and, and save her from this terrible fate and in addition to that, um, when she came up to us, she's had some some medical issues. She's had, um, I don't, won't go into detail, but she's had some medical issues. She was in a lot of pain. 
Um, and we were able to get her into our vet partners here to get her um, the surgery she needed. She had an emergency spay. And um, the reason we're able to do that is because our community comes together and helps us. We've launched a fundraiser for yeah. her. We're going to include it in our episode notes. But we've launched a fundraiser for her to help cover those unexpected costs that come up. Um, in rescue and our community has just been so supportive in helping to raise money or share it if they can't contribute a donation and I just think in rescue we see the best and worst of people <laughs> on both sides that's so um, mm-hmm. that's kind of my combined catty corner black heart moment yeah I could not agree with you more on Callie I it is so common too like the, of the disappointing realities and truths when we get a dog from Texas, if a dog comes here from Texas because of a mobility issue, a GI issue, if they need a scan for any reason, nine times out of 10, they're going to find BBs in that dog. They get shot at for fun. We're going to, we have to find like a funny thing to talk about right after this, uh, because this is all it's getting, very it's heavy. Getting and I don't, it's that, I don't think the topic gets lighter, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I, I mean, I would put money on when a dog from Texas gets a scan done, we could, it would be more reliable to guess how many BBs are in that dog than whether or not they have some. Uh, it is a fun activity to shoot at dogs with BB guns there. I am not surprised at all that there was that level of urgency for Callie, and I'm sure it wasn't, wasn't a BB gun. Uh, it doesn't sound I, like it now. <laughs> I, I, I think the kind of silver lining of that story though too is that they're the people that are there there are lots of good kind-hearted dog loving people in texas and i think what we have noticed passively it's not a generalization that i want to make to everybody there but what we have noticed through our experience with the people that want to help in texas is they don't have a lot of means to do it. They don't have the money. They don't have the car, but they want like all we need is the time and their dedication to the, to that dog and their commitment to them. Uh, if they are willing to communicate with us and talk to us and do what they can to help that dog, fostering in Texas is incredibly, incredibly helpful. Uh, there are so many rescues right now that are having a hard time taking any dogs. And I think that we're lucky that we can, we were able to take Callie yes. in when we did she's lovely she has such a sweet disposition which is a hard thing for a dog to maintain or anybody to maintain when they don't feel good and i know that her first vet visit cost eleven hundred dollars i know that her surge her emergency surgery cost i think 900 something so we're looking at at least two thousand dollars for her in vet bills since she got here and she got here saturday that is, it's, we're going to do it because that's what we have to do to help the dog. Bringing her here is no help to her whatsoever if we don't get her the vetting and medical attention she needs. It just yeah. gives her a new place and stress in the meantime. So, you know, it's really our community that helps us do that and then also be able to continue to uh, move forward as a rescue. But it's yeah. hard. It's like not the thing that we want to highlight. It's, it is a thing that we deal with often. Thank you to everyone who's donated. We're sharing updates on the Facebook fundraiser. Um, every day her foster is sending me pictures. So we're sending updates and just 
Um, she seems to be doing pretty well. She was up and about today, so she seems to be doing really well after everything. Um, we just can't thank you all enough for your support. And uh, like I said, we'll be linking to the fundraiser. If you can give a dollar, we will take it. So, all right. Have you had anything funny happen to you this weekend? This week? Weekend? Since the last time we talked. Anything funny? Um, anything that stands out that made you laugh? <laughs> Feta made me laugh every day. <laughs> that that dog, you you put a lot of time into that dog. <laughs> a lot of time into that dog. She's going to be great. She was great. She seemed like a lot. She she had a lot of, of personality. Um but she's just she's uh she's just funny like just real funny <laughs> we got her we took her out to a beer garden over the weekend and like my little puppy bag so everybody's always you know like looking at me like i'm crazy because i have a dog in a bag um but she was just you know everybody was just looking at her and they thought she was what so cute first? There's a dog. i know it's like and I, I don't think people understand i certainly didn't before i started fostering that like puppies at a certain age aren't supposed to go on the ground um so i think they're just like this is just a they just think you're from around here. yeah they just think i'm like <laughs> legally blonde Elle woods with a dog in a bag <laughs> so um that was i love me some that was kind of <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies it's a great movie where the what what like it's hard when her ex-boyfriend says you got yeah. first. what like hard is one of my favorite lines <laughs> what like it's hard what about you sarah anything lighthearted you would like to share oh man i know that there was something that happened that <laughs> so i think that i'm always entertained by the way that i interpret conversations and i'm like okay that's a compliment that it, it but it's not like blatantly a compliment my husband sends me a link to a microphone that's like a, a microphone kit that's a thousand plus dollars and he has only ever told me i said something about the podcast he said oh you have a podcast now i'm never listening to it <laughs> and i said i was not going to encourage you to do that <laughs> But you know what him sending me a microphone means? <laughs> means he's listened to the podcast. <laughs> and he is suggesting that maybe my microphone isn't good. We're doing much but better. But still, the first part of that means he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> That's Which is more than I ever thought would happen. <laughs> if he's focusing on the microphone, then it means that either he's listened to it for only a very brief period of time or, and like was like, no, never mind, right decision to not listen to this. Or he's listened to it enough to be like, okay, I can give some feedback. <laughs> and usually that's his, his move. <laughs> uh, all right. So this week we're talking about the new movie Dog and the reality behind the Malinois breed. Have you seen the new movie? Have you seen Dog? I have not. What are what is Apollo's review? Two paws up. Safe two paws. Quite possibly four paws with <gasps> head on the shoulder of the couch. He he really like I've never seen Apollo that interested in a movie at all. At all. I I put a little post up that was him. He was at the bottom of the couch. I thought he was asleep. And Nick says, Sarah, Sarah, look at Apollo. 
And then that, that was when I realized he was awake and watching the movie. <laughs> I've not seen him commit that level of attention to the television ever. The only time that he's committed, like he, he's considered it is there's this uh, YouTube video that I think is like dogs hearts breaking and they're howling all together. And it's like a, uh, at 100% will make your dog howl. Your dog will howl at this video. They do. Cece warms up to a howl with a yawn. It's very cute. I think I've told you this before. But that's like as committed to a movie as he's ever been. And he was so invested in at least the part of Dog, the movie, where the dog's running through the woods and Channing Tatum is chasing him. (laughs) I I think it's, uh, I mean, I'm going to put my critic hat on in just a minute. Uh, Dog, the movie is, I think, probably the most recent film that has a dog in a leading role. It's listed as a comedy, and I don't know that it doesn't matter. I'm going to preface all of this with, I am not a movie critic, nor do I have good taste in movies. I really need to say that. (laughs) I I like to say that my, I know that I'm going to like a movie, and Nick agrees with me on this one. If Rotten Tomatoes gives it like a 30%, I'm like, that's my movie. That's my movie. (laughs) It has to be a comedy, and... Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes has to hate it. The critics have to really hate it. And then that is the kind of movie I want to watch. <laughs> so I am not the person to ask, was it good or was it bad? Uh, I felt like it was the themes in it were too dark for it to be a comedy. Although there were some comedic situations in it. Uh, it stars Channing Tatum. Are you a Channing Tatum fan? Uh, you know what? I could take him. Have even. you ever seen Magic Mike? <laughs> I not have for the not. sex appeal. It is a shockingly adorable movie. I was going to say film. Like, I've heard it's, it's a good movie. Um, but no, I never I never got around to seeing it. I don't like to go see movies in theaters. That's part of my problem. Um, so then I have to want to either have it available on a streaming platform or I wa- have to want to like pay to watch it at home. Months after everyone else has seen Fair it. Enough. Not a lot of people that I have talked to yeah. have seen this movie. So, Channing Tatum. I am a Channing Tatum fan. I know. I'm pretty unique in that way. Not many people aren't. He's an acquired <laughs> taste. He's not. He's <laughs> pretty widely accepted. <laughs> uh, currently, Rotten Tomatoes has the movie listed at a 75% critic rating and a 90% audience I was score. just looking at that. That... So I know right out of the gate, this movie's going to be, like, there's something about this movie that is not revealing or necessarily the thing that is appealing to me from the trailer. If you look at the plot summary, the plot summary is also shockingly positive for some of the themes in the movie. Uh, One of the plot summaries says, two former army rangers are paired against their will on the road trip of a lifetime, army ranger Briggs, parentheses Channing Tatum, and Lulu a Belgian Malinois dog, buckle into a 1984 Ford Bronco and race down the Pacific coast in hopes of making it to a fellow soldier's funeral on time. The movie starts with this guy dying. Along the way, they'll drive each other completely crazy, break a handful of laws, narrowly evade death, and learn to let down their guards in order to have a fighting chance of finding happiness. Ah, sort of. 
just sort of the man. So Channing Tatum's character has a really hard struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder after getting out of the war where his friend just died. And Lulu is his dog. The friend that died, that's his dog. Um. And Briggs, uh, Channing Tatum's character, has a, like, he's having post-traumatic anxiety attacks throughout the film. He's having a hard time getting Lulu from point eight. They're racing to their friend's funeral. That, like, how is that a comedy? (laughs) And Lulu, it doesn't seem like a comedy to me. I think maybe, like, no, I'm not going to say that. I, I, there were comedic moments. I think that, honestly, the movie does a decent job of representing the Malinois breed and the, it doesn't glamorize it. It doesn't glamorize Malinois pet ownership or seem to shy away from the way that that breed can be more complicated than a terrier or a poodle or a lab. Uh, they're high drive, high, high drive dogs. And I know that you'll talk about that more, but I, I didn't get a, com- a comedy vibe from the movie. I, I know that your like, your baseline is, does the dog die at the end? Not baseline, but your one of your first questions about. Oh no, yeah, it's okay. my baseline. <laughs> is, does the dog die at the end of the movie? The dog does not die at the end of the movie, but there is a person that dies at the beginning of the movie that is a central theme throughout the movie. So, like, I have a hard time with that part, because I also feel like dog slash pet movies have started to do this more, where they're like, we're not going to kill the dog, but hear me out, we're killing everybody else. <laughs> Anybody else? Sorry, buddy. It's not about you. It's about the dog. <laughs> and I don't know that you have to kill anybody, but I also realized then, like, if, if you didn't kill this dog's owner, then what would have been the point of this movie? You, you lose any chance for doing or kind of understanding anything. Nothing makes it really interesting. I, I kind of get that. I, it has a positive, happy ending, but it is probably a triggering movie for some folks. I would think. I would think that it has a lot of potential triggers in it. Um, but I think it also, like I said, does a good job of, of representing the breed. Apollo, four out of four, pa- well, conservatively two out of four, but probably four out of four. I've never seen him so interested in anything. Dogs love it. Four. All four paws <laughs> up in the air. Put it on for your dogs when you go to work. See what they say you know, Give them something to watch. They might think you're gone yeah. forever. If they don't put them in a car with a stranger after that, they'll be real worried. <laughs> Um, So I think why this movie is making a splash in the rescue world is really summed up by this Today.com article, which we'll link to in the episode notes. Um, It's called Adorable to Abandoned, Hollywood's Role in Deserted Dogs. And kind of unintentionally, I was talking about uh, my Legally Mm -hmm. Blonde moment earlier in this episode. Um, But according to the article, um, there's just like a somewhat of a history of movies that feature certain dog breeds. And then there's a mass uh, movement of people adopting these dog breeds with not a lot of consideration of what the breed is. And then shelters end up 
then reporting that a few years later, they're trying to adopt out massive numbers of these dogs. Mm -hmm. So two examples the article cited was um, 101 Dalmatians. Apparently there was, uh, in the 90s, lots of uh, Dalmatians abandoned after the movie. And then a similar thing. I do remember people getting, like a lot of people wanting Dalmatians. I remember way more people having Dalmatians in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Than you now. Um, And then apparently the same thing happened with Chihuahuas after the movie Legally Blonde came out because of Elle's uh, dog Bruiser. I think the Taco Bell commercials were the other part. Taco Bell too, yes. Yes, The Taco Bell dog. (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) So basically if dogs portrayed in movies, um, they're obviously, they've been trained. They're not going to be the average dog that you adopt Um, And people don't realize that some dog breeds have certain needs. Um, And just because they're cute on screen doesn't mean they're going to be the best fit for someone's family. A thousand percent. Yes. Uh, So we're talking about Belgian Malinois in this movie. Uh, I think that, you know, we'll we'll keep it to the Malinois group. But shepherds are very, very similar. Uh, And I think that a lot of times it's hard to distinguish. They look like similar breeds and they have similar drives. But you'll tell us more about the the Malinois in particular. Okay. So, yes, we're talking about the Belgian Malinois. And uh, they are most well-known as actually secret service dogs, police dogs, military dogs. Um, So there are a lot of misconceptions that German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois are the same dog, and they're not. Um, They were both originally bred in the 1800s for herding. And their coloring tends to be similar Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. that they were herding dogs initially. That's that how they started. Sense. Although, um, from what I was researching, it kind of seems like the Malinois became more directed. Like I think I was reading something about how, like the when they were in the United States, like they were two of them were shipped to the United States to be police dogs, and that's like the first record of them being in the United States because they were both bred in Europe. So I feel like the Malinois turned into kind of more of the police dog before the German Shepherds did. Um, but um, Malinois, tend, they tend to be lighter weight, although about the same height. They have shorter yeah. fur. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of just kind of defining their personality, recognizing that every dog is unique. But in general, the American Kennel Club says that, quote, the Malinois is energetic, intelligent, and inquisitive. They possess a lively character evident in a proud carriage and sparkling, attentive eyes. These dogs possess an intense desire to work, and this trait is usually directed at the owner. They are generally seen, I think, as having, like German Shepherds, we've talked about this, they have like a very high work drive as well, but Malinois is like that multiplied a bunch. Absolutely. Yes. German Shepherds have their own challenges and certainly need a lot of training, but they are not known for the the very pure desire to work like the Malinois are. Uh, according to Rover, both breeds are better suited for experienced dog owners since their high energy and intelligence make them more difficult to handle. Uh, and while they love their people, if they're not given a job to do or exercise regularly, they can get into trouble, which is 
I, so I think I've said that I know I'm sure I've told you, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. My sister has two German shepherds and they ate through a pig, a like barbecue, a big cast iron grill that they ate through it. They ate through the grill. They chewed it away. <laughs> I, I said, where is it? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know what they did with it. They were fine. They ate a grill. <laughs> a, they ate it. I, I, it still doesn't make sense to me. I'm not saying this was a responsible thing that happened, but they're like chainsaw garbage disposals if you don't give them an outlet. Uh, it's important to, the, to remember that the dog portrayed in the movie is a military dog. And I mean, they, I think they do a good job of representing in the movie that this might not be the best family pet. I think that's true for a lot of like the German Shepherd Malinois breeds, you you have to give them an outlet. You have to, if that is the dog that you want, then be equipped with a plan. Uh, that's not, I'm, I'm not suggesting that these dogs can't be pets. Uh, we have our own Malinois mix right now at the rescue who's doing really well in his foster home. But I, I can see how this movie might encourage people that don't actually watch the movie like myself but, I, yeah, I feel like the movie's not going to encourage people to get this kind of dog necessarily if they watch it. But the popularity and visibility of the dog could certainly encourage people to specifically seek out a breed that may need more a, a more specific and supportive environment right. to be and successful. And the last thing we want to come out of this movie is a bunch of abandoned dogs, like the Dalmatians, the Chihuahuas. <laughs> So our current Malinois is Charlie. He's like half current because technically his adoption did go through today. Yay. Congratulations, Charlie. Yay. We do. We need like a dog round of applause. Uh, Charlie came to us from Texas uh, back in February. I just read back in February and I'm like, that's not right. She means Garrett back in February. Poor Garrett came to us in February yes. in 2021. <laughs> So Charlie was, and we'll talk about Garrett in a minute. Charlie was actually attacked by another dog on his property in Texas, and his owner surrendered him when he couldn't afford the medical care. So Charlie's a tripod. Uh, he is an adorable little tripod Malinois puppy. Uh, he is very lucky to have found a home with our trainer, uh, and I am most confident that she will do everything and more because she's already doing it to support any singular thing that he needs uh, or doesn't need exactly yet. I think that he is also teaching her that despite a, like an apparent disability, he needs to be treated the same way. I, I am what like I've really enjoyed watching her education around a dog that is differently abled. That, that's how you're supposed to say it, right? People first, disability second. Okay. I'm trying to make sure that I say things properly. It's not easy for me all the time. Uh, I don't want to sound like my grandmother. <laughs> it is a fear I have. I think it's people excuse bad behavior for old people. I'm not old. I'm not saying I'm old. I already said I was old, but I'm not doing it right now. I don't want to be the grandma that, and this is where I see the most potential, so I'm trying to make the biggest improvement, that doesn't know how to refer to the transgendered population, how to be respectful of pronouns. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a racist grandma, essentially. 
I don't want to do that. Congratulations to Charlie. Yay. We're very happy for Charlie. Um, we have a shepherd mix right now, who you mentioned briefly before, Garrett, who is one of the first rescues, correct? Yep. He was on, he came on our first official transport that was not like me, Sophia, Kelly, meeting a transporter halfway and coming back. Cause that was our first, first, I think it was our first, right. like in a van, the sketchy kind of transport vibe. That's dogs in the middle of the night in a van showing up <laughs> from Texas. That's legitimate. It's a legitimate thing. But uh, he was yes. with, uh, he's been with us for a year, which is depressing. It's, it's depressing. That's just what it is. Uh, he was with one of our partners that before that he was, I think he was just picked up as a stray. Uh, he was at the, he came from the Lifer shelter. Um, he was with our rescue partner. But and he he did really well with other dogs. He's always done really well with other dogs. Uh, he he has a bit of an edge to him, but it's because he has a hip problem. Uh, we noticed very quickly after he arrived in the DMB that mobility was an issue for him, uh, and we had an evaluation done for him. Uh, he's a this beautiful blonde handsome looking dog he had a very withered back end and that's because he his his hips are bad uh he has some serious hip dysplasia he has been able to build up through being in one of the biggest and most beautiful backyards that i've ever seen in a home in the dmv uh with his foster and he loves every minute of that every minute of it of the things that Garrett does not like, confined spaces, always, stairwells, vet's offices. <laughs> not a fan of the vet. Not a fan of the vet. Elevators. Elevators, for sure. A confined space without a window is troublesome to him. Yeah. He has an incredible foster who has had, is specifically interested in seeing Garrett find the right home. He has he has made so much progress with Garrett. It, I also say it's crazy to me that Angie got adopted before he did. But I think Angie, you got what you got with Angie. Her her issues were not going to present themselves suddenly and unexpectedly. She was what she was. She's a good girl. But Garrett also has this. Yeah, I mean, Garrett was at our Bark Social Adoption event a few weeks ago, and he, I mean, he does he does really well with other dogs, and he, I mean, it, despite everything that goes on with his hip, like he kept up with the other dogs, he played with the other dogs. I mean, he, um, he was still going when other dogs without hip issues were like, I'm I'm done for right now. Um, so he's definitely come quite a long way. Um, we call him a social butterfly with dogs. Like he really is like just loves all dogs. Um, but he just needs the right match. I mean, he's been, I would say, unlike kind of what we've been talking about with German Shepherds that like need a job. Um, I think Garrett has been relatively content to be on the couch with his fosters um, during the day, it's not like he needs, you know, a ton of exercise, but he is still a big dog and he still wants to have like that interaction and that mental stimulation because of his breed. I, I, I think that 
We'll find his match. We will. She so Bree came on a flight. Uh, there's a this pilot with a private plane that's like, oh, I'll fly your dogs for you, which is crazy <laughs> and incredible and very nice. <laughs> crazy in the best kind of crazy. He's going nuts. <laughs> but she came out of this this little this beautiful private plane with all of her puppies, happy as can be, greeting people off the plane, just a sweetheart. Uh, she has been great with her foster. She was recently spayed. She was doing she's been doing really well after that. She is kind of an un she's people don't see her yet for some reason and it's like she's going to make somebody so happy one day. She is so beautiful and smart and sweet. Uh, and that can be a hard thing to find in this this breed makeup. Uh, I think the other thing for for Charlie and for Garrett in particular, they are high drive dogs and they have physical limitations on that drive. When you put a physical limitation with a high drive, you have that's a recipe for frustration that can be very difficult to manage. So it's really, really important that for these dogs, they have an outlet that is either energetic, passively energetic is important. You don't want them play, play, play all the time because that will introduce more opportunity to hurt themselves. And the I, I didn't know this earlier, but when you said that they started off as like cattle herding dogs, essentially, of course they did. Of course they did. That is entirely their personality. They're, they're wrangling. They're listening to instruction. They're very observant. But you have to give that level of like mental awareness an outlet. So that's going to be training. That's going to be puzzles. That's going to be something to do. You can't leave this dog at home. I mean, you can leave Garrett at home for eight hours a day. He's totally fine with yeah. it. He doesn't eat your stuff. He will eat your socks. So don't leave your socks down. But won't destroy a couch when you're gone. Uh, he is, he has, I feel like has mm -hmm. learned to manage yeah. his own kind of mental stimulation needs. Uh, Charlie is a puppy, so it would have been hard to gauge. And I, I think, you know, thesis statement for all of this is it's just important that you adopt a dog that fits your lifestyle yeah. uh, and set the people and the dogs up. To, to set the people and the dogs up for success. We don't want to pair a couch potato dog with marathon runner people. So to close out, I uh, just wanted to flag a few upcoming events for everybody. Um, we just want to give another reminder that we have a transport coming this week, April 8th. So if you've ever wanted to foster, thought about fostering, had questions about fostering, um, go to our website and submit a foster application. If you have questions, feel free to send us an email, DM us on Instagram. I'm on, me or Sarah's on the other end of that. So we're happy to, to answer any questions you have. Um, we will have lots of puppies. I think we're calling it Puppy Giddin. We'll have lots of puppies available. So, puppy Giddin? Um, just puppy Giddin? Puppy Giddin, yeah. Puppy like Giddin, yeah. Puppy Giddin. What was the other one that we said? Yes, both puppies. Puppy Papapocalypse. There was the first one. Papapocalypse. Papapocalypse. Malinois. 
<laughs> Tons of puppies coming. Um, hey. So yes, if you ever thought about it, let us know. We're happy to answer any questions you have. Um, you ever thought about also, it? Also, stop yes. thinking about it and do it. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> That's our motto. Um, That's our new motto. I don't think anybody's taken that one. <laughs> We'll have an adoption event at Port City Brewing in Alexandria on Saturday, April 23rd. So come by, get a beer, check out some puppies, um, adults and maybe puppies. We'll see. Um, we'll also have a puppy yoga on Sunday, April 24th. So the next day at District Dogs. And actually their new location is in Northeast D.C. So you can get tickets and find more information on our Facebook page for that. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you don't already. If you do already, tell your friend to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, find one person. Talk to them. Just push it to them. Force them to do it. Friends love it when you do that. That's how you keep friends. All right. We hope you are still enjoying Going Mutts. If you are, and we know you are, please rate and review. Uh, please follow, rate, and review. If you have any feedback, give it to us directly. Am I allowed to do that? Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, love feedback. I, I say that now. Is, <laughs> our goal is to get the word out about rescue and our dogs, and we can only do that with your help. If you want to check out all of our adoptable dogs, go to thelittleblackdog.org. Again, that is thelittleblackdog.org. If you've hit Connecticut, you've gone too far. I'm stealing it every time. You can also sign up for our email list and become a monthly donor. Please, 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 please. Please. Uh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say it this time. <laughs> Until next time, from the bottom of our little black hearts, thank you for hanging out with us.